baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's the Chris and Amy Show. Check it out. St. Louis, Mound City, we are going to have a great day today. Now, Amy Marks scores Chris Ranji on KMOX. Let's take it from the top. What he in the world? absolutely did not. I don't not. know what he's talking yes, about. Yes, I did. No way. What? I'm sure that if there are Kelly kids listening to this conversation... They will call in and agree. So here's what Michael Kelly is positing. And just just right before we went on the air. That's before, the shocking. Shocking. John Jacob Jingleheimer Jingle Schmidt. Schmidt. Yeah, that His, His name, name is was my name, too. Uh, I, I, yeah. fine. Whenever said, we go goes, out, the people always shout, there goes John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. Da, 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 da. Let me uh, recommend uh, Walter Piston's book, Harmony, to the two of you. Uh, <laughs> so here's what happened. Oh, so Walter Piston. We oh, talk about that song, classic. and Michael Kelly asks the very valid question, who is John Jacob Heim- Jake Jingle? Whatever. <laughs> whatever that guy. Is. That guy. Who is he? I don't know. What did he do? That's a great question. He was a blacksmith. And people were always shouting at him. Yeah. And so then Michael said, well, why Why was it religious? What? It's religious. It's what? not religious. We sang it, it at Bible school. We no, sang it didn't. at Bible school when we were kids. Don't, don't tell me what I did <laughs> didn't at Bible school. Trust There's, me, I'm in therapy over that stuff. Is this in the extra the Catholic Bible? Protestants didn't sing uh, John. Well, first Jacob of all, there's no Schmidt. such thing as a Catholic Bible. It's we don't, in the, it's we don't in the, it's in the apocryphal chapters. Uh, apocryphal. Fear, guilt, and intimidation. <laughs> but we we would sing John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. And then, do you guys remember this one? Father Abraham. Yes. No, no, that one you sons. Sons. No, has many sons. Not seven, seven sons said Father <laughs> Abraham. Seven. And twelve. It's many. Okay. Father Abraham. <laughs> As many but I'm telling you, we did at the same time we were doing no, Father Abraham, Isaac we were singing John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt, and it was at the Bible school. I think your Bible teacher pulled one over. My on Bible you. teacher, I went again. Let's be clear, it was the Catholic Church. It was the most institutionalized religious organization on the planet. That's what we went and the, that's what we got taught. Well, Maybe he was a priest, John Jacob Jingleheimer. None of my sisters are calling to back me up. If, any, the, if you uh, happen to think that that song is I don't a think it's song, religious, but my only exposure to it was from Bible study, when Bible school, when I went to, you know, my parents wanted me to get some energy out. they you to fake Bible school? <clears throat> no, but I mean, you all see, but like John, he... You, you're not being Catholic. You actually read the Bible. Like, right. I went to 12 years of Catholic school, and I'm telling you, we we maybe cracked that Bible twice, <laughs> twice, three times. <laughs> we don't often open it. Well, we opened it a lot. It's the uh, Chris and Amy show, and if you're just <laughs> if you're just tuning in, boy, did you step in it. Uh, Wait, can I just well, say? If I were, well, we, if I were, an, if this were a Seinfeld episode, and I were like an atheist, and I had to pretend to be a Christian. And I was teaching a Bible study as someone who knew nothing about religion. 
I would sing that song to the kids and pretend like and it's And teach them John song. Jacob Jinger, Homer yeah. Schmidt. Yeah, I would sing that song. Let's sing the old you could classic. Sing. He was one of the 12 apostles, son. <laughs> it was Now, was Jingleheimer <laughs> Schmidt his last name, or was he one of these guys that's got four names? I think you know, Schmidt like was George his last name. Herbert Walker Bush. John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. Yeah, I think trouble, Schmidt would be his last yeah, name. So yeah, so Jingleheimer would be his third name. Yeah. His, his mother's family. It when he got in trouble, she would say, John Jacob Jingleheimer. <laughs> Schmidt. No, she wouldn't say Schmidt. That's oh. his last name. Oh. Our phone number is 314-436-7900. <laughs> That's where you call or text. If you want to leave a voicemail, may have been, we'll have to agree. I wonder start. what they're doing on NPR right now. 314. <laughs> Does that even exist? I don't Not know. in St. Louis. I love the way NPR covers religion. 944-1120. Um, what else? Oh, social media, at Chris Amy KMOX. Time now for the top of the order. The top three stories everybody will be talking about. Ten minutes in, what the hell? Let's do the top three. (laughs) Hey, a couple of CNN town halls last night with Governor Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley, two Republican primary candidates. What do you think? We'll talk about that. And the new job numbers are out. And uh, we might have a state cheese. Seriously, that's yeah. that's our third top I'm upset story. There, about could, it. there could, at some point Listen, in 2024, be a state cheese. We will talk about it later. 314-436-7900. You're going to want to call and text in because this is upsetting. It's yeah, an obscenity. It's, it's, not, it's not upsetting. It is. Th- that we might have a state cheese. Yeah. I think we deserve well, it's one. The, we don't deserve one. We, we especially... Should. The one that they're choosing. It's good to know they're tackling the tough issues down well, there okay. in Jefferson you know, City. Hey, every state's got you got a state bird. Uh-huh. You know, you have a state dolphin or whatever, state animal. There is no state dolphin. Okay, well. There is a state tree nut, however. See? The eastern black walnut. When did that, when was the state tree nut introduced? It would have been in probably 1990, right in there. Um, I voted against it. You tried to create. <laughs> Why did you vote what? against the nuts? Have the you tree ever nut? eaten an eastern black walnut? Is that the, not the kind that's in the Christmas bowl? You know. No. Why do you know this? Because I ate one. Okay. They, they <laughs> Is that made, why you they, voted they, against they, it? Yes. They, they put them on our desk before the vote. <laughs> and they, and they, they, there's this one. And I think I like walnuts. Yeah. I do. I like walnuts. Uh, they're they're really, in the bowl of nuts. Yes. At Christmas. And so there's, and I don't know an eastern black walnut from a, you know. A, a western a, white one. A, a walnut walnut. Yeah. Apparently the eastern black walnut is a, uh, has a pungent flavor about it. Mm. So why did we pick it? We're not even in the east. Well, it's because I guess some farmer was growing but, the things. But and, what is the cheese they're going to choose? And then I ate the walnut and think, I voted Michael? against it. It, it best not be provolone. That's exactly right. That's not cheese. That's what I it said. It is cheese. It is not cheese. It's got cheese. milk in it. So it's got it's cheese. It's an obscenity. Well, under it's... that under that rationale, ice cream is cheese to you. Well, no, that's the process of making ice cream. <laughs> no, you just said you there's start, milk in it, so therefore with, it's cheese. You start with milk, hmm. but the process of getting to ice cream is different than the process of getting to cheese. Yeah, but Provel cheese is being listen, cheese is aged. I, I get it. I, I I like the Emos pizza. You know, uh, it's fine. I prefer it with the mozzarella. The Provel's fine. But we're wacky with this Provel stuff. It's kind of like the whole pork steak thing. What? We all just try to pretend that this is like some great thing are you because putting, it's a St. Louis thing. Are you putting Provel on the pork best. steak? You, you can, no, they're not saying, even in the same. No, I'm suggesting that they're in the same camp. No, they're not. Pork steaks and Provel, yeah, they're fine. But they're not the greatest thing ever. And why we as St. Louisans want to put style highlights on them is beyond you me. You, this is how you make Provel. You take mozzarella. Steak. 
and you melt a little bit of rubber in it. <laughs> oh, stop it. It is. You're just, Pick a balloon. That's just outrageous. Melt a balloon into a ball of mozzarella. Outrageous. That's Provel. Okay, that's dumb. What a terrible thought. Well, we'll we'll have a discussion on this because uh, Provel could become the Missouri state cheese. You know uh, what the uh, state fish is? Uh, I do. Carp. It's uh, no, it's, no, a, it's, it's catfish. No, it's not. It's not it's, catfish. It's well, good. it's it's a kind of catfish. Yes, yeah. Yeah. trout. Channel fish. Yeah, channel oh, cat. Channel right, fish. right. Uh, 1997, mm-hmm. it was uh, the state fish. Channel fish sounds like something that you can't do anymore. Tree, with all I the think I was services. right on the tree. In, in Illinois, it's the bluegill. <laughs> the uh, Illinois fish is the bluegill. See, I think it's okay to have state wonder how things. it got its name, the bluegill. They, um, I remember because... They have bluegills. Because uh, <laughs> we voted for it when I was in grade school, and I think grade school, like, kids got to vote, uh-huh. if I remember. Got to pick the state... That's yeah. a horrible idea. Why? Like when, when that's, the that's British, how he picked the state bird. When the British picked Bodie McBoatface. Well, that's how we're going to get Provel as the official cheese of Missouri. I don't know. It's got to go through committee. I don't it's think we need a withstand cheese. A I don't think we need a state, state cheese. Well, there's no there's no consensus about this. It's very St. Louis centric. Do we have a state beer? Anheuser Busch. I can think of a million other things we should have before right. we should be naming Provel. Because the Kansas City cheese. is also in Missouri. They Hello. have no connection to Provel. No, they would probably be more of a like a a, a blue cheese kind of city. Well, you say? in the defense of Provel, uh, it is unique to at least this part That's, of the state. That is exactly it, John. And, uh, That's exactly uh, it. I mean, you could pick mozzarella, but, I mean, everybody's got Everybody's got, got yeah, everybody's you know, got everybody's mozzarella. got Swiss cheese out there with the holes in it. That's right. You know, everybody's got sharp cheddar. John, you nailed it. I'm surprised Swiss it. cheese is as popular as it is. I, I love think it's Swiss really cheese. Good. It's I don't good, like it. It's good, but it's not, it it's doesn't perfect. stand it's, out to me. It's perfect with certain meats. It's just perfect. Yeah, roast well, beef. Uh, yeah, great on roast beef. It's great on pastrami, corned beef. Yeah, corned beef is. I like great. Swiss cheese. Yeah, it's what I prefer Ham. when I get a turkey sandwich. I'll take really? a little turkey and Swiss, please. Yeah. So we will. Uh, we'll, we'll have this Provel discussion, and if no. you've got thoughts on whether or not the uh, state cheese should be Provel, three one four nine four four eleven twenty or not, and make your case. Or if you have thoughts that John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt is a song that you sang in Bible school. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I don't know. Three one four four three six seven. I did sing it in Bible school. I, I didn't make I this no up. Doubt. Oh, I know. Yeah, uh, you you're sure? many things, but you don't lie. See, Not I, on that. No. I, yeah, that'd be a weird thing to lie about. Although <laughs> no. that would be something Biden would lie about. It doesn't really matter. Right. Like, well, like, come here, Amy. Let me smell your hair. <laughs> Like, what in the hell? He just lies just about Biden, random Joe small Biden. things. Yeah. Pretty yeah. sure we're out of time for this segment. <laughs> well, you know what, John? Come on, let's sing a little John Jacob Jingleheimer uh, This is This is going to be a great show today. Oh. We've got Hancock and Kelly with us for the first uh, few it. segments, as we always do on Friday. Shamim Clark Hubbard will join us in the 11 o'clock hour mm. in studio. We've got Mike Claiborne, mm. Scott Jagow, and, and Gabe Gore, circuit attorney Whoa. for the city of St. Louis. He is going to be part of our no prize football pick'em that we nice. do every Friday, and also he's going to hang around and talk for a few minutes after. So um, Gabe Gore will be joining us, and it's a good time to have him because we got the numbers on St. Louis homicides, which the Republicans in the uh, room don't agree with. They don't think the numbers skeptical. are the numbers. Skeptical. We're we're, ca- we're skeptical. Of course you are. Of course. Hey, we can talk about that when we hey, come back. I'm a Let's special do that. Republican. <laughs> You are special. That's Amy Marks Kors. Uh, I'm Chris Ranji. Hancock and Kelly with us. Chris and Amy show on KMOX.
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. <laughs> Chris and Amy show today. I'm just, I'm not even worried this about this. This is the like post. the Protestants and the Catholics going at it. Yeah, apparently really during the Michael break. Michael is offended that he had to play sports with us. Northern, us you you said to me during the break, oh well, if you learned John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt, did you learn the Christian song? Yeah, and I was like, what? The I am a C. I am a C-H, I am a C-H-R-I-S-H. like Northern Ireland over here. And what I'm trying to help Amy understand is she doesn't understand Catholicism. There, there, there was nothing about Christian. They didn't teach us that stuff. We, I mean, what are you talking about? In fact, you homeschoolers were the weirdos who showed up and had to play on our sports teams because we we were kind enough to allow you people in. We, you, okay, we had your backs on the pro-life marches, all the Catholics yeah. with their pro-life marches. We were there, and so letting us play on CYC teams, yeah. we did call it, though, Remember- the homeschool discount. John, do, do you remember when the homeschoolers would show up at your Catholic school and they get to I'm play? I'm still trying. And you're to, like, oh boy, I'm here still we go. Trying to come to terms with all of oh, that. Oh, here comes that Amy chick. Oh, what is what <laughs> sport does she play? She's a runner. Oh, I bet. No, I bet she's running from something. If you if you showed up with your pants three inches too short, like your long pants, we called it the homeschool discount. <laughs> like you got a dollar off bowling. <laughs> <laughs> Families with 19 you, kids you, would walk in. Were you the kids are all hand-me-downs. They're like, oh, yes. this kid's not exactly yes. the same size. Because we're all in hand-me-downs. We walk in with... Give them another year, though, and it'll be, it'll be great. <laughs> Groups of 9 and 10 kids. They're like, well, we'll give them the homeschool discount. And it was always weird because you'd talk to the homeschool kids at basketball practice. You'd be like, what are you up to? And they're like, oh, today we went to the zoo. And it was like, what? <laughs> You mean you didn't I'm have to sorry. sit in a classroom and learn? We were no, busy. It, we were busy winning first, the mom had us bee. learn how to cook, and then huh. we did this. And it's like, what are we doing wrong? We're actually having to show up and learn here. Yeah. And these people get to come to basketball practice, and they've been playing all day. Well, I'm pretty sure Amy learned something. <laughs> I learned uh, a few things. Yeah. I learned a thing or two. Yeah. Hey, the text line is, uh, well, let me just, <laughs> let, well, let me just uh, read it for you. 314 314-436-7900. <laughs> Uh, this texter says, 12 years Catholic here. I guess they just quit. Yeah, Catholic school. Uh, <laughs> Wait, 12, like 12 years in the past yeah, or 12 going on 13? 12 years We've Catholic all done our here. Time there. Never heard of this song or this man. <laughs> okay. They don't know John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt? Uh, another texter says, I went to a Catholic grade school and agree with everything Michael said. We sang those songs and never read the Bible. <laughs> What's true? It's so true. It's so true. It's true what they say about yeah. you people. Well, listen, I get it. We appreciated you. We appreciate you letting us play on the CYC yeah, team. If, to have if you. not for Ascension mm. Parish, I would not. We were never play allowed soccer. to eat the snacks when your parents brought them. <laughs> oh my 
Really? Are you serious? That's not Who true. knows what they're putting in it? Uh, <laughs> what do you think? They sit psych- at home by themselves all day. <laughs> Psychedelics? <laughs> Who I like knows? How we sit at home by ourselves and then we emerge to win the national spelling bee Whoa. and geography bee. Ours was more. My, I had a lot of friends who like. It's funny because every, after graduating, a lot of my friends became scientists and doctors. This was the good old days of homeschooling. Back when it was more select. And we would, more like, select. Now, now I feel like. Now I feel like you can't use the same stereotypes because so many people homeschool. Oh, no, we use them. Oh, yeah. We use them. Well, you may say that, but homeschooling now is nothing like homeschooling in 1989. That was like crazy homeschooling. And a lot of my friends, like I said, would they grew up to be like scientists or they graduated early. We, our like big field trip was going to Famous Bar. And I would say at a very young age, I could take 20% off of anything very quickly because of their 20% Did you have school clothes you had to put on every day? No, we just dressed. So you just would get up and start the day? I was very, very, um, not, it's not OCD. It was just, I was, I was on a very strict schedule that I set personally. Our family rule was you had to start school by eight, but I was in second grade. I would lay out my clothes. I would wake up by six. I mean, or before six, I would start doing school on my own by six. I would just like work on my math, work on English, and I was very, very Just like you, regimented. Kelly. I was going to say, we could not find two more different human beings than Amy and I. <laughs> Eight o'clock, school starts, and she's waking up at six to get yeah. her pencils sort- <laughs> situated. Yeah. I would lay out my clothes, and I would the put the watch heck? on my sleeve. Really? <laughs> like I would lay out my watch on my sleeve. I was oh. in second grade, but how cute is that? Wow. You, it was. Pretty darn cute, Amy. And get ready to go cute. learn and play by yourself. And then... And then take 20% off at Famous Bar. <laughs> uh, okay. We well, didn't really get into science. Uh, man. <laughs> well, no, you don't believe in it, do you? <laughs> no. That's what I'm saying. All my friends were, like, into science. I was, I had more fun shopping. <laughs> is Friday your favorite day, Ron? <laughs> Dude, it's the best. Yeah? It is the best. This hour in particular? Oh, God, I love it. Yeah, and we're the, supposed and, to be talking politics yeah, but this and all poor guy, stuff. He's just got, he's got a little trauma from his multiplication tables. Oh, come on. Why you br- Eight he, times seven always threw his, me for a loop. 56. Yeah. Thanks. He missed his whole playtime outside because he couldn't finish his multiplication test. Huh. In Isn't third that grade. Should have just threatened to homeschool you. are outside all the time. <laughs> <laughs> just go to break. It's the Chris and Amy show on KMOX with Hancock and Kelly because it is Friday morning. We always have them with us. We do have a pair of winter warm-up tickets that we're going to give away today. You'll have to be listening for your opportunity to win. It is the last day (coughs) of this giveaway. So if you're looking to win tickets, this is your last chance to do it. Uh, the winter warm-up is happening next week. Starts a wow. week from tomorrow. Wow. And Can then you believe pitchers it? and catchers report and what? And spring training tickets go on sale. Uh, I think it's a week from today. So, nice. I, I mean, you know, Christmas ends, New Year's ends, and then here we are. We're we're talking about baseball season already. I know. So we've got that coming up. We are broadcasting on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Totally free. Put it on your phone. And you can carry us wherever you are. And then you can go back at the podcast if you missed anything. Uh, 314-436-7900. A message from uh, 314 says, We have raised three kids in Catholic schools, and we all know all of those songs you're mentioning by heart. Love them, but I have no idea what they're about. Even John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt? That's what the texter says? Yep. 
Yeah, I'm telling you, yeah. we Catholics, you know, you all have missed out during the the uh, commercial. You missed out on the Calvinist jokes and the <laughs> Ephesian jokes. Oh man, and it's okay. This is a small. This is a small group of people who will get this, but I think it's golden. Calvinist insurance company declares all conditions pre-existing. There's <laughs> like seven yeah. people who will laugh. There at you that. go. We just called I mean, that. We just I, called that Sister Mary Rose. She told us what the rules were. I LOL'd. <laughs> When you said it. Well, you yeah. LOL'd because John LOL'd. Yeah, because I have no idea what Because you know what Ron said right before we went on air? Oh, those Calvinists, man. Yeah, right. Well, I'm they believe so like everything is predetermined and going to happen, right? Well, that, So that I was going to say the things I said today, so therefore I'm a Calvinist. That would be a hyper-Calvinist. Oh, hyper yeah. Hyper-Calvinist. Yeah. Well, that would be what a What is a hypo-Calvinist? With, I don't Calvinism. know. Not enough Calvinism. <laughs> is that what it is? Your Calvinism hypo isn't working is the opp- all the way. opposite of hyper, is it not? Yes. Okay. Okay. Hey, um, so I mentioned, uh, well, we joked, you guys joked about the crime numbers in St. Louis. We got oh, the, we didn't joke about you it. You were joking. No, John joked. You were, you were, you, you tisk tisked or guffawed or something. I expressed my cynicism. John cynicism. made a joke. So the crime numbers we got earlier this week on Wednesday, the uh, city of St. Louis, the police department releasing the numbers on homicides in 2023. And the number is down to a level that we haven't seen in about a decade, according to their statistics. Uh, shootings were down. A lot of the more violent crimes were down in the city. And uh, a lot of people who are looking at these numbers just don't believe them. And I, I don't know if it's if it's that people have their own anecdotes of dealing with some kind of crime, or if it's the narrative is so pervasive that they can't bring themselves to believe the crime is actually down in the city. What do you guys think is happening here? Well, number one, I'm thrilled that the crime numbers are down. Um, that's good. That's positive. It's trending that way nationally. Uh, anecdotally, as someone who lives in the city, invested their entire life, business and home, uh, office is all in the city of St. Louis, I don't believe it. Um, I don't believe it because I'm not sure that it's all getting reported. I think we've given up on uh, doing a lot of the day-to-day policing that's necessary in my own little world. I can tell you that I've been the victim of crime more in the last four or five years than I have in the previous 10, uh, and it hasn't gotten any better. Um, and then you can't help but be skeptical when Ness Sandoval from St. Louis University says, hey, wait a minute, man, they're not sharing us with the details. The Post-Dispatch has pointed them out. And what, from my standpoint, Chris, I want crime to go down. I want it to get better. What I don't want us to do is to mask this over. I think we are at a crossroads in St. Louis where we can actually solve some of these problems. It can't get any worse. No. So let's not do what we normally do. Sure. St. Louis made, Provel cheese, everything's hunky-dory. No, let's go in and fix the doggone problems so that we can actually grow this region again. Now, there are two things about that. My understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that the data that exists, it's not that the police aren't sharing it with um, the the people who know. It's, the, it's they're not sharing it with the public. The public. We're not getting it. So does that mean that, uh, for example, I I think that uh, the the task force that they put together several months ago, months ago to try to figure out, you know, what exactly is going on? They have those numbers. They have the breakdown from what I understand. Is it is it an issue of transparency in that way that, hey, why why should we not get to know exactly what is going on, exactly what the numbers are? 
isn't that public knowledge or should that not be public knowledge? I think that's a different conversation yeah. than what's, what's well, I don't actually know why happening. everything wouldn't be public. And I'm thrilled and cheering the fact that crime numbers are going down. I don't believe it because I'm living my own experience. Well, now let me ask you this, though. What does it mean anything to you that the numbers around the country are also kind of jiving with what St. Louis is reporting? It. No, I believe it. And I'm th- I'm, I'm, I, I do believe crime is going down. I do believe we are making some changes. I also believe we're not policing like we used to. Uh, Chris, you and I live in the same neighborhood, man. Mm-hmm. It's not the same place it was five years ago. You can tell me it was, but I, I was there before and after. Yeah. It's not. Uh, you were there longer than I was, but what yeah. I can t- when I moved here in 2017, I moved in February I, in that place, and I've been in the same spot ever since. I personally, anecdotally, and I'm in the neighborhood all the time, right. I haven't experienced anything for myself. That's just me. Right. I can't speak for anybody else. I can't speak for you. Right. You know, my car is parked out in the open. It's not like it's in a garage protected or anything. Mm-hmm. So nothing's happened to my car. Nothing has happened to me. I haven't witnessed anything happen to anybody else. That's my anecdote. Right. So maybe that's why my feeling is like that. And then you put the numbers with it. Yeah. I feel pretty confident feel that things good. are okay. Yeah. Things well, are going in the it, right direction. Here's Here's some of the things you don't know. Yeah, a lot of homicides, from what I understand, have been recategorized as uh, justifiable. And and a significant number from previous years where you flirted with one or two justifiable homicides, you'll get 7, 8, 9, 12, 14. Mm -hmm. That changes by multiple percentage points, the crime rate. Certainly could. And uh, then you've got the situation where a city with a declining population... And you're not sure exactly what the declining population is, I suppose, year over year, although the census does come out with um, estimates. So a city with a declining population that has, you know, a static level of crime, the crime rate actually goes up in, in a case like that. And what you're not getting from this city that you're getting from other cities all across the country is the data point crime statistics. That's what uh, Dr. Sandoval was looking for. That's what the Post-Dispatch was looking for. And so that begs the question, why are they not releasing that? Because other cities are releasing it. And so when you when you have that particular set of facts, it's understandable why you could look at these this release with a little bit of a dubious approach. It was skepticism. And I think yep. that that makes perfect sense mm-hmm. because I do believe those numbers, we should have access to everything. Right. We should we should be able to see every single granular detail of everything that goes on. Yes. Yeah, and again, why I think even if let's say the numbers did go down, you need so much context to realize why you shouldn't be throwing a parade or the mayor of the city of St. Louis shouldn't be going to national news outlets talking about this is how great my program is to see the crime numbers just like the numbers of homicides that we've seen in the past few years because they said, oh, this was the best in a decade. Yeah, because you have to go back to the early 90s to see these types of crime numbers as far as number of homicides in the city of St. Louis when we had almost 100,000 people more. So even last year, the the crime rate, like per 100,000, homicides per 100,000 was 69.8. In 2020, historically high, 87.2. This year is 55.1, which is great because it goes down, but you still have to go all the way back to 1995 to find a rate that high. And I don't think it's about parades, but I think it's okay to acknowledge that, hey, maybe some progress is being made. 
not going to expect yeah. it to drop. Crime's not going to drop 75% year no, over year. That's right. It, there's, it just doesn't happen. Um, uh, unless we had military on every corner of every street in the city. But when you with, look at with, the... You know, with, right. with weapons. I, That's not going to happen, though. I, so I think it's okay to at least acknowledge, hey, yes. we're, we're, we're going the right direction. I think we're all thrilled, but you can't help but be skeptical mm-hmm. when you drive literally from downtown to the Central West End. People are running red lights. That's because uh, there's nobody here. Well, that's, that's because there's no police. That's so you're going to tell me crime's going down. Is it because there's nobody out there actually busting people for crime? Well, here's my argument on that. When people are driving, you go down Olive, right, and people do run red lights. I've seen it. But also, there there is no traffic. There's no, hardly anybody we, there. Our so lights are synced police, for New York. If you're police, why would you be where nobody is? Okay. Right? I, I'm with you on all this stuff. But you can understand how when somebody hears these stats, when they're living it on a daily basis, and they are literally watching minor petty crimes happening every moment in front of their lives, they have a hard time grasping that this is what's going on. And then... Anecdotally, I just don't see police officers anymore, Chris. Yeah, I don't I, see them around, and I'm I, my whole existence is in the city. And I will say this quickly too: when you look at number of homicides, 200 last year compared to 158, uh, I guess in 2023, then you add back in the justifiable homicides. Like, okay, how were there so many more justifiable homicides this year? And you add in the crimes that went unreported. We know that that violent, violent attack in the Straub's parking lot in the Central West End didn't count as a violent crime. Like, well, there wasn't a weapon involved. This man was a, he served 20 years in prison for murder, got out, was acting erratically, and was stomping on an old woman's head, didn't even go into the statistics. So that's why I'm skeptical that even the rate, that drop that we did see is as significant a drop as these numbers would indicate. 314-436-7900. Here is Ed, who is joining us from Kirkwood. Hello, Ed. Thanks very much. I think uh, cities are in incredibly uh, severe competition for conventions and visitors and people just to bring their money in. And I think cities cook figures, uh, you know, boasting what they offer. And I think they cook figures the other way, I don't think this is a political issue. Um, some independent reporting agencies have kind of said Missouri is a little bit slow in reporting, you know, certain statistics that have to do with safety and health. I don't know, but I would be skeptical also. See, and I, I could see that, but here's my question. Then why wouldn't they cook numbers all the time? Why would there ever be high years? Why would there ever be years reported where the crime is really, really high? If, 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 the goal is, if the goal is, well, hey, we need to make it look safe. I mean, you have different, you, you have different mayors. We've over, had the same mayor for a while now. M- M- here. St. Louis? Talk about here. No, but I'm, I mean, I'm going back further, right? Yeah. Mayor Tishar Jones has not been around forever. You know, there's Lida Cruson before her. When you're looking at different numbers, you have uh, different chiefs of police, different public safety directors. I mean, it's not just one person. And when you have uh, city leadership... They're going to make decisions about how numbers count so when you have way fewer. Is that police happening officers. around the country? Then is that what all these cities who are reporting drops in homicide? Is that what's going on? I know a lot of policies have been changed. I mean, to be honest, in big cities, you do tend to have more progressive leadership that are going to recategorize accordingly. So if if a if a gang member shoots at a gang member, and the gang member returns fire and kills the other gang member, 
um, that may be categorized as a justifiable homicide. Somebody was shot at and they shot back. And so that doesn't go on the list as a homicide. Even though we all know that's violent crime. Right. Yeah. But I I tend to think, uh, thank you, I, I tend to think that the narrative is worse than the reality. Could be. But it's and I made this point yesterday when Amy and I were having the conversation, this discussion, we're having it now because the numbers came out a couple of days ago. But when is the last time you really heard politicians who are on a larger scale, larger stage, locally or nationally, talk about crime? And the answer is November, right before the election. And this always happens right before elections, and then we stop talking about it. So I think the narrative is stronger than the reality. But that's, I, that's I my feeling on it. Well, I'm not sure I buy that because, I mean, you just had a mayor and a prosecutor and get elected in this city solely on crime um, and wanting to change the way that we prosecute crime. So, I mean, I get what you're saying, that, that we're changing it, but there's there's a huge focus on crime Uh, And I think it gets a lot more attention than just a week before an election. We're going to have Circuit Attorney Gabe Gore on the show at 12 o'clock hour. He'll be part of our no prize football pick him, and then he's going to stick around, and we will ask him about that. That'll be in the 12 o'clock hour just after 1230. So hope you'll stick around. Hancock and Kelly, enjoy the weekend. We'll see you next week. Bye now. Take care. Chris and Amy show on KMOX. Did you see that thing? I can't believe it. Something is obviously wrong. This is a joke, right? Oh, my God. Are you freaking kidding me? No way. You got to be kidding me. Don't feel bad. There's no way you could have known that. Now, did you see this with Chris and Amy on the show? All right, Amy, we have had this discussion many, many times. Mm-hmm. Um, the most watched television broadcasts at a given time throughout the year, usually football, right? Yep. Sportico, oh, has re- yeah. Sportico has released the top 100 television broadcasts from 2023. Okay. Out of the 100 broadcasts last year, how many of them do you think were football games? 87. The answer is 94. Are you serious? 94. I think that tops last year because I know last year was, I think last year was 88. 94 of the 100 most watched uh, television shows of 2023 were football games. The others, and you have to go, by the way, to 21. The top 20 were all NFL games. The 21st most watched broadcast was a uh, presidential debate. Or no, I'm sorry, it was the State of the Union address. Okay. That was number 21. Then you have to go to number 45 to get the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Thanksgiving Day Parade was 45? Yes. I mean, I love the Thanksgiving Day Parade, but I always feel like I'm busy at that time because you're either... But it must just be on TV. Or you're running a 5K. It's probably on TV. Cooking. I guess I don't think most people are running 5Ks on Thanksgiving Well, but turkey trots. I know, but most people aren't doing that. The the TV is probably on and it's whatever. Uh, Number 60 was the Oscars. Interesting. And number 92. So this is sort of, uh, it could be considered football because number 92 was the Super Bowl pregame show. So really, 95. Wow. Of the top yeah, 100 yeah. broadcasts last year of football-related, only three of those 95 were college games. Every other one was NFL. That's how popular the NFL is. It's crazy yeah. how many people watch that sport. And the strength, there were no other sports in the top 100. Zero. Zero games from any other sport were in the top 100. That includes, uh, what? 
the World Baseball, Series. Yeah. World Series. So everything. the NBA surprised the me NBA. because last year I know there was an NBA game. I know there was something NBA in the top 100. It's so amazing. So me and football is more popular than ever. It's just, it's incredible. And if you want to do the real breakdown here, going back the last three years, the numbers this year are higher. The, so the popularity has gone up since 2020. Uh, 2020, 72 of the 100 were NFL games. The following year, 75. Mm-hmm. Last year, it was 82. This year, it is 93. So it's gotten even more popular for whatever reason. But isn't That's that amazing that no That's other amazing. sports are getting even close? And look, sports are regional. Mm-hmm. The other ones are. So NHL, Major League Baseball, NBA's got national appeal. But not even the NBA could crack the top 100. I think it would be interesting to see the numbers. For hours, what percentage of entertainment time, what percentage of entertainment dollars in the United States went to the NFL oh. or Taylor Swift together, oh. right? Would there there be nothing that what percentage of all entertainment doubt? We're talking billions. Combining the two? Combining the two. Yes. Billions and billions and hundreds of thousands of hours last year were either NFL, Taylor Swift, or both. The, There's no two bigger phenomena in the country right now. And I know the NFL, you may not call it a phenomenon, but you, you get my drift. You catch my drift that this... Nothing could compare to the NFL until Taylor Swift came on the stage. NFL revenue in 2022 was just under 19 billion. That's incredible. That's in 2022. And we and don't have the numbers yet for this year. I don't know this year. Um, sorry, it, it's is that 30 teams in the NFL? 32. 32. Yep. So 19 billion for the NFL. Taylor Swift is one person. She'll bring in over six billion with her tour. Which is incredible when you think of all the teams, 32 teams, 32 cities, 32 stadiums, all of that combined, Taylor Swift is still bringing in over $6 billion. That's Amy Marks, Coors. I'm Chris Ranji. Amy hates St. Louis and cheese, and we'll tell you why <laughs> next on KMOX. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.